Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, the podcast which gives you keys to claiming your personal power. For more than a decade now, I've studied the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes, and in this time of great turmoil, I will reveal their secrets. My name is Ivan Fingenskjær-Schellum, founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Hey friends, welcome to another Walking with the Archetypes episode. I'm inside in my office here. It is very windy outside and so if I were to walk outside it would be so loud on the microphone that I just decided to to stay in today. And this office is actually a library and I share it with other people in the house as well. But, you know, today I'm just enjoying this beautiful room here. And I have direct access to nature. I look out at the forest here, pine trees and oak trees just outside. Quite often there are families of fallow deer, even roe deer that come into the garden to, to say hi and to eat some grass. And so this is just a place of blessings and it's, it's wonderful to have this kind of surroundings to, to ground and to normalize. In, in these weird times. And so, yeah, so this is where uh, we'll be doing today's podcast. Welcome to my office and just imagine the view of the forest outside. And uh, with that, it's time to dive in. Hey everyone, let's start today's podcast with this new column on the rise of tyranny in the world. Nicki Minaj, she uh, did something unthinkable, at least for the elites unthinkable, over this last week. She said the truth about what happened to the friend of her cousin in Trinidad. He got the COVID vaccine, I don't know which one, but he became impotent and his testicles were swollen. And she wrote about this on Instagram that she was a bit concerned about taking it. She wasn't willing to do so to attend the Mets gala. And so she was sharing how anyone should pray and look for their internal guidance to determine what is the right choice for them. And of course, this is anathema for the machine in the United States. And so the liberal media came down on her hard and she became persona non grata overnight. And so now she's under full attack. Anthony Fauci, as per usual, came out and said, oh, this is, this is absolutely not true. It's not possible. It cannot happen. Denying yet again the observable reality for us normal people. And um, yeah, let's watch how this keeps playing out. You will notice that Nicki Minaj is an ethnic minority and um, a woman. So you'd think that she'd be protected by the side of wokeness. But it doesn't really seem to matter that the various vectors of wokeness, the various uh, labels that you can carry, that they matter if you're on the opposite side of the elite. As long as you are not towing the line, these woke narratives are thrown out the window and you're taken out regardless. That seems to be the case. 
as it seemed to be with Larry Elder, who ran against Gavin Newsom in the recall elections. So Gavin Newsom is very unpopular in California, so two million people gathered signatures to get him ousted. And now there was a, a campaign and a recall election in California. And Larry Elder was one of the people running against him. Larry Elder is a black conservative, which is something that shouldn't really exist according to the narrative. And you can see that from how they came down on him. I saw pictures of how uh, white liberal women were putting on gorilla masks and throwing eggs at him. I wouldn't be surprised if these were the same people that had been walking in Black Lives Matter marches previously. But of course, I, I can't really know that. But I know that's how basically this logic normally works. And Gavin Newsom himself, he spoke to the people of California about the issue of diversity pluralism and the issue that defines so much of our politics. That's all on the ballot tomorrow night. This was him speaking um, the, the, the day before the election. Racial justice is on the ballot. So this is the white man backed by the political machine, by the elites, saying that in order to protect racial justice and diversity, you have to vote out the black man. Just sit with that one a little bit and just notice the amount of mental gymnastics that you need to go through in order to make sense of that. By the time you're complete with it, you'll find probably that you cannot make sense of that without doing something to your psyche that is quite detrimental, which is to fragment realities and to start living in a, in a fragmentary world where increasingly you will start moving towards psychosis. This is a problem. This like really is a problem. I see this all over the place and that's what I'm going to be speaking about in today's podcast about why gentle people get possessed. And so let's move on to Rose McGowan. She used to be a liberal, she's a woman, she was a hero of the Me Too campaign as she basically exposed Harvey Weinstein for his abuse and violation of the women of Hollywood. And she came out and she exposed that Gavin Newsom's wife had shown up and tried to bribe her into keeping her mouth shut about Harvey Weinstein. She also realized gradually that the whole of the democratic machine was involved, including the Clintons, to try and stop her. That is to say that the very same political party that claimed Me Too as their banner to carry into the political battle it was their cause. They were the same political party that tried to stop it initially because they were protecting the sexual predators of Hollywood. How is that for integrity? Let's move on to one of the most interesting stories of last week which is that two high-ranking FDA officials are resigning due to disagreements with the Biden administration about the booster shots. This is Director Marion Gruber as well as Deputy Director Phil Krause that don't agree 
that there is a need for a booster shot at this moment in time. They wrote an article in the huge medical journal The Lancet about this. And this is really a story to follow because what typically happens when Nobel Prize winners and the elite doctors in their fields like Robert McCullough, when they are starting to speak a counter-narrative message, they are just brushed aside as tinfoilers. And now the very leading FDA officials may be in a similar position. And so just notice what's happening. Like the very best people that we have in the medical and scientific establishment and even in the governance of the United States institutionalized medicine. When they're going out and saying that, no, we don't agree with what's happening, they're being brushed aside as conspiracy nuts. And then every single person that doesn't bother to do their own research, they now read that these people have been compromised, they're conspiracy theorists, and now you can't trust them anymore. You have to start questioning this. So let's pay attention to the story of the FDA officials, because they have so much power and influence that it would be hard to do that. And so it could come to the point where the Biden administration is pushing a strategy that has no backing. And now you'll realize that it's entirely political what's happening. As it seems to be in Israel as well, Israel is a country that has been held up as some marvel of vaccination success. The Atlantic writes, Israel has vaccinated six times more of its population than the United States. Can others learn from its success? That was back in January, so of course this is not recent. But Israel has been held up as some sort of picture-perfect example of vaccination. Now they've done one booster and they're planning the second one. Why? Because their cases are at the all-time high. So you'll have to ask yourself, as I am, or at least I encourage you to, If a strategy is so resoundingly successful as it is being portrayed to be by both medical authorities, politicians and the media, if it's so successful while the cases are the highest that they have ever been, some sensible person tell me how this is successful. Just one. I just need one sensible person to tell me in a rational way how this is a successful strategy. And now that the FDA officials are public that it's not recommended to do this, you have to ask yourself, when your own authorities are going to tell you to take the booster, are you going to? If the situation is that nevertheless, You'll be living in a country that has the highest case rates that has ever had. And that breakthrough cases are just all over the place. Sure, it seems to be that you have protection against the most severe illness. And that might be reason enough for you in the cost-benefit analysis to get it. And I will respect that. But moving on from Israel, you will also then have to ask yourself. Why treatments that have been working for people, whether vaccinated or not, are starting to be banned around the world. Treatments that have saved a lot of human lives are starting to be banned. For instance, in the United States, monoclonal antibodies are being withdrawn 
From the war chest against COVID-19, the federal authorities will no longer be disseminating it to the various hospitals and medical experts around the country. And for some strange reason, it's only the federal authorities that have the right to buy this treatment, as far as I understand. And so you cannot use this very successful treatment to treat COVID-19 any longer. And you see, for instance, Ivermectin, that's been under full frontal assault by the machine for months now, has now been totally banned in Australia, even as people around the world keep reporting that it's healing them. Now you could say that, oh, but the mainstream media and the various scientific journals and whatever are telling me that it doesn't work. And you may choose to trust that. But you get to a point where the phenomenology of watching people actually curing themselves with a drug that is purported to be dangerous... You'll get to a point where you have to make sense of that in your own inner world. And with that statement, we have set the stage for this week's podcast. Why do gentle souls get possessed? All right, it's time to cover this week's topic of why these gentle souls become so radicalized and so possessed. And the way I wish to do this uh, is that before the break, I will be just doing an overview of the situation that we find ourselves in in the world and as individuals experiencing the world. And then after the break... Let's explore more of the exact way in which people actually do get possessed. So we find ourselves in these unprecedented times. I believe we can all agree on this. And since the beginning of 2020, the world that we once knew has really been suspended. And you'll find that a lot of people are by now accepting that it will never return. I am one of those people. But then you have a lot of other people that are unwilling to accept that. They want things to go back to normal. They will do whatever they're told only so that they can go to work, that they can travel, that they basically can do things that they used to take for granted, but that is now becoming luxuries. And... As we're facing one day after another of really not knowing what kind of monsters may be on the path up ahead, will there be a new variant, will there be some new dramatic twist in our national governance, will we be thrown back into lockdown? There is very little ground under our feet. And we're also facing a governmental strategy that is the commonly known strategies for inducing psychosis, uh, inducing a kind of a killing of the mind, uh, where you increase the temperature and increase the level of internal turmoil, and then you reduce the level of turmoil so that you get like a, a sense of relief and then you increase the level again, the intensity and this next time you increase it so that it's a little higher than the previous time 
And so the nervous system, it, it never gets a chance to fully relax and, and self-regulate. This is what we can see now after more than a year and a half of these shenanigans that we are being promised that this is the last time we will have to surrender our rights. And once you've done this, you will get them back. And we never get them back, see? We never get them back. And with every step of this sequence, there is more rights that must be surrendered in order for us to have basic access to our day-to-day -day services. This is what it looks like. And this level of uncertainty in uh, how we live our lives brings a lot of chaos into our life experience. And with this chaos comes the experience of the liminal. When, when order suspends, an order is typically associated with the functioning of our ego structure, so to speak. It is characterized by us more or less knowing who we are and being okay with that. You know, I, I'm me, and that seems to be pretty consistent across the days of the week. I have a fairly stable experience of myself. That's what it is when, when we have a normal quote-unquote experience. But then the chaos comes in and, and all of this uncertainty. And we start to find that our ego structure and our sense of self starts to get challenged. It starts to get challenged because this is always what happens when we open the door to the underworld. Normally, we open that door only during rituals, transformational rituals that are facilitated by a qualified magician. And so we open up the door to the liminal and then we close it back down and then we integrate. And this seems to be what is actually happening now from governing bodies is that they're inducing a kind of ritual experience, but there's never an opportunity to actually integrate what came out of it. So in the face of this uncertainty, people that don't feel fully grounded in who they are, maybe because they haven't really done many brave things in their life, maybe because they've generally just been doing what they were told, then they, they don't have a strong sense of self. They think they do. I would think that I have it because, you know, I seem fairly stable from Monday through Friday but I haven't experienced the kind of external forces that would put that stability into question because I've been living a privileged life, like we have been for decades. So I haven't been exposed to stressors on my system that actually give me a serious indication of my level of resilience in the face of the unknown. And here I am with little resilience in the face of the unknown and... I get scared because of the way this whole pandemic is being mishandled. And so there's never a sense of safety. And so what happens? I'm looking to somebody to give me safety. I'm looking desperately for a leader of some kind to make me feel like I can relax internally yet again. And so it is in moments of great struggle, the people that haven't develop their sovereignty in life, will invariably look to the authorities for guidance. But what then happens when the authorities 
actually keep giving guidance that diverges from day to day. That on Monday they say, oh, you shouldn't wear masks because they don't work and we don't have enough of them anyway. And by Friday they say, oh, you should wear a mask and if you don't do it, you will be penalized. Like, the rules of that game changed fast. Now, in reality, they didn't shift between Monday and Friday, but the timeline wasn't that much longer. And so people's ground is just non-existent. And at the very same time, I need the people that are actually pulling the ground away again and again and again, either because they're incompetent or because of malfeasance. They, they just generate this incredible feeling of insecurity in the very people that haven't the stability in their system to endure this shifting landscape. And who are these people? They're people like who I used to be. They are people that are gentle souls, that just want the best for each other, that have very nice ideals, they focus a lot on empathy and vulnerability, sensitivity, compassion. And the reason they typically do that is because they just want to live in a more beautiful world. The world seems harsh to them. And so they are scared. Like, I'm sure you can relate. This, this is very familiar for me, the sense that, oh, the world is scary. And if I fully show up in it, that won't really work for me because... Somebody might shut me down. I may be rejected. I may be put in exile. It's a very scary thing for a human being to face that prospect. And so in my sensitivity, in my lacking resilience, I actually desperately need leadership. And while previously in a state of stability, I might have criticized leadership. I might have been critical of authority because of the way that they handled things. I am now so desperate for somebody to make me feel safe that I will just listen to anything that the authorities say, see? Because I'm looking to regulate my psyche and my nervous system. And so here I come, the sensitive, compassionate, empathetic man, and I come to these people that I want to save me. And I put my life in their hands. And then they start giving us all of these diverging messages where there's just no red thread. There's no core of the message. It keeps changing all of the time. And I'm being told one moment that you have to do this. Otherwise, we won't approve of you. You will be punished. And the next moment you have to do this. And if you don't do that, you will be punished. And so the psyche starts being damaged because the landscape keeps shifting and my identity is starting to fragment. I don't know who I am, you know, because I'm, I'm taking my sense of self from external sources because that's what I do when I'm not resilient, when I haven't been brave in my life, when I'm not sovereign, I will basically look at my reflection in other people, and then I will assume that, okay, this is who I am. But if that reflection keeps shifting, or oh, today you have to do this, and today you have to do this, I don't know who I am. I am completely lost at sea, 
completely lost at sea. And because I'm so lost at sea, the only thing that I have left now is some kind of belonging to the group that is loyal to the people that are trying to help me. And this is how tyranny is created. This is how mass psychosis comes to be. That the people who just wanted the world to be a little better because they were so raw and tender in themselves, because they didn't have a strong warrior integration. Those tender bleeding hearts that were feeling so destabilized by this time of great challenge, they will be put into this impossible situation and I feel for them. I can, I can feel this place inside of myself and you've probably felt this in your life as well where you, you're just there and you have no idea what's going on and you're just desperate for somebody to tell you. And it's like you're, you're a child that is unable to deal with the fact that mommy and daddy are fallible, actually that they're abusive. And so I'm idealizing that they're gods nevertheless and so that there must be something wrong about me. And so I'm doing everything that I can to convince myself that there isn't anything wrong about me. And so I'll try to do everything that mommy and daddy says in order to feel good about myself again. And so this is at the core of things, you see? And after the break, we'll keep exploring this in even more detail. I hope you're enticed. This is really important information. Whether you feel personally hit by this or if it's something that you're witnessing more from the outside, this is really important information I'm sure you can see. And so we'll keep exploring this more after the break. After our Seeds of Sanctuary ceremony on August the 22nd, our new community platform Sanctuary is officially open. Sanctuary is a place free from big tech censorship and all kinds of woke bullshit and toxic narratives. This is a place where like-minded souls from the whole world, men and women both, gather to have deep inquiries into cutting-edge topics and to get support to rise in life in this difficult time. So join us here if you want access to free group coaching once per month, paid memberships, powerful rituals and great community. Register to Sanctuary now on innerthrone.com sanctuary. Welcome. Okay, welcome back. So before the break, we explored in some detail what's been going on in the world in terms of the uncertainty, the need for leadership that is reliable, that is telling us how to get through this, and the absence of that, and how it's destabilized the very people that needed to be led. And so here we are, and I actually feel really tender all of a sudden because I can really empathize with this feeling of, oh, I just want mommy and daddy to get me out of this scary place. The world isn't how I want it to be. I just want to feel safe again. I just want to do nice things and I don't want mommy and daddy to punish me and I just want to do the right thing. So tell me what the right thing is and so that you don't punish me. And if if necessary, I'll, I'll, I'll tell on the people in my peer group that aren't doing the right thing because, you know, I want to be good. I want to be a good person. I want to be a good boy. I want to be a good girl. And so I'll just do that for you, mommy and daddy. It's, it's okay. It'll be okay. 
I won't let you down. I, I can I can really feel this place inside of me. And this really is what's going on. That people become trauma bonded to the authorities. And since the authorities, for whatever reason, whether they're incompetent or malicious, again, it's for you to decide, but the authorities are exacerbating that very insecurity. And so it becomes this vicious cycle that the very people that I'm looking to to save me are the ones that are perpetuating my trauma that I need to be saved from. And this is not an unfamiliar phenomenon. This is exactly what happens in codependent, trauma-bonded relationships, where you just have drama from one day to the next. And one day you feel like you're in hell, and you're like, oh, how can I get out of here? And the next day you feel like you're in heaven because essentially you're not in hell anymore. And so you're very grateful for whatever got you out of hell. And if you've been in a relationship like this, you know that the, the promise of heaven when you're in hell is so sweet that you're willing to endure a lot of abuse because the sweet feelings that you feel in the days you're in heaven, they, they make it worth it. And so we end up in this cyclical trauma bonding relationship where we live with a lot of cortisol and adrenaline in our system. And we're just wanting to feel good. We just want somebody to, to love us and to see us because I'm too scared to resolve my own trauma. I'm too scared to stand up in the world and be counted. I cannot deal with being sovereign and responsible. I just want to be saved. And this is where people start being possessed. Because the structure of their ego, of their sense of self, becomes so destabilized. And there's so much information that is self-contradictory. There's so much incongruency in the actions of the people that are supposed to be the adults. They say one thing and they do another. But I need them to be perfect. I need for Fauci to be saint-like. See, if he's not a saint, then I'm screwed. So I'm looking to Anthony Fauci as a kind of saving angel to bring me out of hell. Because I don't know who I am anymore. Then the archetypal emergence just starts shooting out of the unconscious. And now we're in a religious experience based on ideas of good and evil. So it's not about personal choice anymore. It's about the people that are doing something different to me, i.e. the people that are suggesting that mommy and daddy aren't perfect. They are the ones who are evil. And so now I am searching for validation of my belief that these people are dangerous. And I'm in some kind of trance-like religious experience where I'm demonizing everyone that indicates that the people that are supposed to be saving me are not saving me. Because if they weren't, I would be faced with the bottomless pit of unhealed trauma. And I don't want to go there because it's too scary. I have not done my work in healing my parental wounds.
and I cannot deal with doing it in a moment of such pressure as this one. And this is how you will find these days that the very people who just a couple of years back were talking so much about the importance of vulnerability, sensitivity, like shared humanity and how we must see eye to eye and be one big happy family. Now they go on Facebook and they write, lock them up. They're not doing the right thing. Remove them from society. They shouldn't have treatment. They're killing us all. You know what I'm talking about because you see it too. And sometimes I'm just despondent when I see this because the way I'm wired, I just desperately want people to grow up while embracing the vulnerability and the innocence. It's very important to me, but I, I look at behavior like this sometimes and I just feel like a stern father that just says to the children, it's time for you to grow up now. And I know that that doesn't work here. It just doesn't work here. And so instead, when I realized that many of these people have really chosen their path, I just need to grieve. I just need to grieve. That some people have come to the place where they actually think that the good and the beautiful and the virtuous thing to do is to remove a whole segment of the population from society. And if you wonder how tyranny takes hold, then now you know. It's hard to see. And some of these people may come back to a place of connection with themselves and with their hearts and their humanity. But you will see a lot of so-called nice people in the next months and maybe years that are calling for people to die. And this is why it's on you and I and all of us to not fall too far into the trap of othering, but to stand strong in our energy of sanctuary. If you know what that is, if you don't, then you can refer back to recent episodes. Stand strong in the image of sanctuary and that better world, knowing that we're in a transition where things are hitting the fan in a big way, but that it will be better in not too long. Because that's what I've seen. And I truly believe in that. Sometime in the middle of 2023 is what I've seen. The shroud of darkness will lift and there will be a revolution of human consciousness that ripples through the planet. I can't know for sure if it's exactly the right timing, but that's what my inner compass currently tells me. That might change. We're dealing with probabilities, not certainties. All right. I'm sad here with a tender heart now because I'm watching a lot of old friends and old associates be radicalized in real time and entering the path that ends in psychosis and it's it's heartbreaking this is why we need initiation in our society because we need resilience and courage to be able to withstand these pressures but when we've had a society that for the past several decades have been worshiping victim consciousness as an ideal to aspire to 
then what the hell can you expect? And so let's begin to wrap it up here. Wow, I was starting to feel a bit of melancholy at the end of uh, recording this episode. I really get the people that just want things to turn back to how they were. It's like this memory of childhood that lives inside of me where things were easy. And I just want things to be easy again, right? Playful and beautiful. I was blessed with a fairly stable childhood. Sure, I have my traumas, but all in all, I've actually been quite fortunate to just remember back to childhood the way things were. Where somebody was protecting me and I didn't need to worry too much about the future. A little bit, but things felt fairly stable. I didn't personally worry that I wouldn't eat tomorrow, for instance. So of course, I just want things to be the way they were. But I don't think that will happen this time. We're in a species-wide initiation that is completely epic in proportions. Like nothing like this has happened before in our lifetimes. And I don't know how this will play out. But I know that I'm grateful to be where I am. And I'm grateful to have people that I love around me. And I want you to find that as well. And to find the beauty that is still so plentiful all around us. As autumn is here in the Northern Hemisphere, the colors that are about to greet us are just magnificent. Personally, I'm excited that I will start hunting in October. I will get my hunting license in October, which will make me even more intimate with nature. Find your center. Be strong. Open your heart. Deepen your relationship with spirit. And connect deeper and deeper with the natural world. That's what I'm going to do. And I hope you will join me in that. Yeah. I don't know why I felt so sad at the end of this. I think it is the recognition that those golden memories from childhood in some way are gone for now. But on the other side of this, we will celebrate. I fucking promise you. And when that happens, boy, will we have some stories to share about what happened in the years 2020, 21, 22, and 23. Okay, thank you for joining me for another episode of Walking with the Archetypes. For joining me inside today. I'm literally sat here watching the oak in the garden. Its leaves quivering in the wind. Its foliage actually came back. It was kind of dead earlier this uh, season, but... I guess because rain came back, it's now covered in green again. But it will be yellow and red soon enough, I'm sure. 
So enjoy yourself. Have a great weekend. Love you guys. I will be speaking with you again in a week. Bye. Thank you for joining me in this week's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you are invited to come walk with me next Friday when we will take another deep dive into the archetypal realms. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive free guide.